The Health and Fitness Show with Dr. Diane Cooper in association with The Hearing Consultancy. Experiencing hearing difficulties? Book your free hearing test at one of our clinics in Kinnegad, Mullingar or Tullamore and get impartial advice on hearing aids, ear protection, tinnitus help and more. TheHearingConsultancy.ie You're very welcome to the Health and Fitness Show here on Midlands 103. And this evening we'll be speaking with Amy Madden about a new running challenge that she's doing for the Irish Heart Foundation, the Run 100. And joining me in studio today is Moez Toomey, the personal trainer and a fitness instructor. And we'll also be speaking with Peter Burke from the Hearing Consultancy. I'm joined in studio this evening by Amy Madden. Amy, you're very welcome to the show. Thanks so much for coming in. Thanks for having me. So, Amy, you have recently taken up a, a new challenge. Yes. And you're doing it in aid of the Irish Heart Foundation. Yes. So, will you tell us what that is? Um, yeah. So, they are doing a run 100 in February. So, you can do kilometres or miles. I chose kilometres. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so... you. People are running or walking. There's one guy doing it barefoot. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and yeah, so it's basically for to raise funds for the Irish Heart Foundation. Um, and you create a fundraising page on Facebook and log each of your runs or walks or whatever. And that's how they can keep track of it. And then once you hit your 100, then by the end of February, you get a medal. Um, Excellent. And all the money raised then goes towards the Irish Heart, Irish Heart Foundation. Which is fantastic because we know like obviously in Ireland like cardiovascular disease and cardiovascular issues are, are really prevalent. Yeah. Um, so this this is really great. So so 100 kilometres. Now, is this a new thing or were you a runner? Uh, I have run in yes. the past. Yeah. Um, I run a bit like Phoebe and friends. <laughs> <laughs> Arms and legs everywhere. It doesn't matter as long as you're running. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have done the most I've ever run before was five kilometres okay. I did a charity one years ago and that was the furthest I'd ever done um, so for this year for my New Year's resolution I gave myself a challenge of trying to run a 10 kilometre race Okay, and that is on Mother's Day Oh. Um, which is the 19th of March. Okay. Um, and so started my training for that in January and then decided to look for something else to kind of keep me motivated, to keep me going. And Brilliant. that's when I found the Irish Heart Foundation Run 100. Um, so I thought, well, there you go. If I can get 100 done in February, I've definitely done my training for my race in March. Sure, yeah. Um, and like that then, each each run I do so I since the start of January since like the third of January I've run every other day okay give myself a day off brilliant yeah um, and my first one was three kilometres and I came home and I nearly choked to death because <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't run in so so long so that I was just about to ask right so if you <laughs> if you haven't run in a while yeah. right and 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 uh, this brings me to a little point like people would say to me oh but I used to run so then I just went out and ran um, but unfortunately within like honestly within one to two months whatever you used to do and people would say to me well I, I used to play football and I used to do hill walking and I used to do all these things and then they go out and do like an hour of something and it's so so tough yeah. it's very very tough so um, yeah because you lose the adaptations very quickly but so what is what, so tell us about your first training session um, so I <laughs> I knew 
the block near my house mm-hmm. was three kilometres. Mm-hmm. Well, like three point one or two point two or something. And I was like, see, these point right. ones and point twos start to but they make add a up for my hundred. Yes, yes, they do. <laughs> um, so when they started in January, I was like, right, I'll just do this. Now I had looked on my my Fitbit thingy or my map, my run. Uh, app for my last run and I think it was like September or October okay. last year so okay. you were talking a good two or three months yes. since I had done one at all mm-hmm. um, so I did the first one and I but I gave myself the short one to start sure and I wasn't minding my time or my no. speed or anything and I was like proper slow and steady wins the race here Which like I, I'll, exactly, I'll make it yeah. home alive <laughs> the goal for today yeah. is yeah <laughs> um, and like came in running up the, the driveway and I had to like put my hand on the car and I was coughing spluttering like properly choking oh yeah Only the glamorous after, side oh, of it yeah. oh yes and yes. I get red very fast when I start to run so I'm like a coughing tomato like standing on the, <laughs> on, the on the driveway and were like were you able to I'm interested were you able to run it continuously or was it like walk, run, walk, run? So that one I ran continuously. Wow, you did well. But now yeah. very slowly. Doesn't matter, yeah. So for my next one then I said I'd try and do a bit longer and I went for the five. I was like, look, I've done three. I've done this five loads of times. It's basically a loop around the town back to the house. It's just five coming up to the like the front door. And I said I'd go for that. But on the five then I had to stop yeah, I didn't stop now mm, I stopped mm, running I walked mm. but it's like there's lead in your, yeah. in your shoes then when you try to start running again sure yeah so um, that one was very bad as well but, but that to be fair that, that both of those would be expected right yeah. because now, and, and fair play to you for mm-hmm. tackling them right <laughs> uh, but when your body isn't conditioned to do that, that, that they're two hu- actual huge challenges yeah um, which explains the coughing and the red face. And <laughs> <laughs> um, so, has it gotten a bit easier? It definitely has. Okay. It definitely has. I know myself now. I have to. I don't really ever look at my pace or that. It's just just get it done. Yes. I don't care how long it takes mm-hmm. or how slow it is mm-hmm. or whatever. It's just getting it done. Yeah. But um, I know myself for me to be able to do it and continuously run it. I have to start out very slowly yes like, nearly like laughably slow yeah yeah and it's like are you walking are you running you don't know what you're doing but that's how I have to do it and it's just as my warm up kind of that like I do you know everything kind of feels heavy starting but yeah. then it all loosens up and then without even noticing you're running faster yes yeah um, so like every now and then I will go and look and so like my pace now I do run very slowly but like my pace for my first kilometre could be like nearly nine uh, whatever but then yeah. it gets down to seven yeah, and then yeah. a few weeks ago I actually got one down to six wow. so I was like oh my god that's fantastic <laughs> but you know just to let you in on a little secret uh, from from a physiologist perspective and for me giving advice to people who are starting running and stuff my advice would be to do exactly what you're talking about now which is you always start so slowly because you have to give your body a chance to let your breathing rate come up and your heart rate and get blood flow around the muscles like you're asking your muscles to do an awful lot so they need they need a lot of blood and they need a lot of oxygen and if you start off now you'll feel what, what you'll feel is if you start off too quick very quickly you're gasping and you're, yeah. you're strangled and yeah. you're struggling and it, and then what happens is but you still have 5k to go <laughs> and that becomes a nightmare yeah 
So what you'd be much better off doing is what you've done, yeah. which is really, really take your time at the start, extra slow, super slow, yeah. and then slowly build up and get comfortable with your pace. But it sounds like you have that fairly well figured out. Kind of. I know now, like when I'm leaving the house, once I get to whatever point, like it should be that bit easier, like like leaving my estate and like, you know, it's just the first couple of turns or that. Like I'm sure my neighbours think I'm mental. Like, so what is she doing? Like, so <laughs> slow. It's actually no, terrible. Like that. Well. It's not. And you know what? You, you shouldn't think, you'd, honest to God, because... It, any, aren't you doing it? Yeah. Is the first word. Yeah. And it's not easy. There's nothing yeah. easy about it. No. There's plenty of days where you don't want to put on the runners and there's yeah. plenty of days when the weather is terrible and maybe you mightn't be feeling great and maybe you haven't slept and maybe you're stressed yeah. and maybe all these things. But you're still making the effort to go out and do this and apart from the fact that you're obviously raising money as well for an excellent charity but it's it's not easy and I, I, I need to say that because often people would say to me oh sure it's easy for you and, and I don't understand it because with the schedule I have and, and the lack of sleep and all sorts of stuff it's not easy but but the question I'm going to ask you now is is it worth it? Oh yeah, like I come in at the end of it now and I like, I'm just, you know, obviously you feel great after you exercise, unless you hurt yourself, but you know, I haven't yet. Which <laughs> Thank God, yeah, um, yeah, great. But yeah, so like I come in and it's, but it's done and I'm like, God, I'm so great. Look at me, I did that. So like, and obviously then each time I do it, so some of them are just getting out and getting running and then some of them I give myself the challenge because obviously it's the 10k run I'm trying to run yes. I know I can do 5 yes. but it was like trying to opt it now that I haven't haven't actually done 5 in ages right because well like that I'm trying to cut down the kilometres each time so I'm trying to cut into it so I'm like you know well we'll try for 6 we'll try for 7 and so like that so each weekend now I kind of give myself a long one the long run at the weekend um, yeah so yeah. and like that then it's quieter and there's not as many cars because obviously I'm running on the roads and trying to find a new route I'm so sick of the same route yeah. <laughs> I'm sure people are sick of seeing me on it as well like, uh, well. I'll show you some yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know a few uh, yeah. but yeah no you're, you're Amy you're fantastic for doing it and you're you're actually break, you're breaking new ground for yourself then basically you're setting new goals and you're yeah. covering greater distances and I have no doubt I have absolutely no you will make this challenge and I, I'm really looking forward you'll make the two of them the 100 and the 10k and I actually can't. I've done the 10 you've done the 10 I did the 10 yeah, yeah. I did it on Sunday Sunday yeah I think and and I actually I came in I up coming up the driveway not coughing and spluttering yeah like I was yeah, actually yeah. okay I probably only that I was at my house that's why I stopped yeah. I'm not saying I was like I could run forever but <laughs> it's just like that because I've been doing it slowly and gradually and now I probably haven't got my breathing right but it's working for me the way I'm doing Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Because I know that lots of people say that it's like just trying to get your breathing right when you're running is the hardest thing. The big thing is is controlling the intensity. So we kind of briefly spoke about yeah. that earlier but once you start moving from a comfortable intensity to beyond that yeah. You can't control that anymore because what happens is you're trying to work harder. So your body needs to take in more air and more oxygen and and, and you're going to have to respond with breathing heavier and higher, higher heart rates and stuff like that. So you can only control it up to a certain level. Um, so, you know, for example, if you're doing a long, slow run, then it should be a long, slow run and then your breathing should be nice and controlled because you're comfortable. But if you're doing something like hill running, or uh, you know, going up the hill yeah. increases the intensity. So you will you will notice that you you get hotter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you all, yeah. And it's it's funny the time I did my the first 
I was trying to do my first 8k yes it was a weekend and I knew the way I was going I was like I could have sworn if I went this way I'd be 8 by the driveway yes and I was like I'm coming up to this crossroads and I'm only at 6 and I know I'm a kilometre away so I'm only going to get to 7 I, I don't know what I had in my head what route I was doing and I was like right for me to get to 8 I need to not turn left I need to go straight and take the next left then and kind of come around and I never noticed before that there was the slightest incline in that road but oh my because I was already after doing six coming up to my seventh and I actually out loud running up this like tiny little hill I was like what have I done I was oh I thought I was actually going to die but then it finally it levelled out and I came around and I actually finished coming around by Curragh so that's lovely like oh, lo- really lo- nice way to finish sure, it yeah. um, but uh, oh my god that little tiny incline isn't I, it near, amazing oh my gosh yeah so every runner and every cyclist and, and any sports person looks at hills and roads and routes very differently to when you actually you don't you don't notice them in the car no, but even if you're walking you don't yeah, notice it as yeah. much like and maybe I wouldn't have noticed as much either if I was starting at it yes and I would have had that bit more energy yeah. and a bit more wind in me <laughs> but oh my god I was actually and I don't know how but the road like got longer it was, it was just growing in front of me I was like I'm never going to get to this crossroads uh, and can I so for you so this is interesting right so you didn't just bail and, and arrive home at the 7 no. so you tried to do the 8 yeah. and can I ask how much of a factor having a goal plays in that so for example if you weren't doing the 100k or if you didn't have the 10k event would you have gone home at the 7 absolutely yeah Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, note note to self: the goal yeah. setting is is really important. Oh yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Because like that, I knew I needed to get to the ten mm. for the race I'm doing in March. Mm. But mm. obviously, then with the one hundred, every little bit, every little helps. Yeah. Every every little <laughs> bit more cuts into it more and more. So like I'm I definitely. I'm like, you know, the goal at the start was to hit one hundred, and now I'm like, God, maybe I might go over it. Mm. So mm. I'm not I'm not planning on doing it but yeah, if it happens it happens absolutely and and has it made any other it, so so you're running you're getting really fit you're having great success and progress with this and yeah. we know I, we know the work that it takes to do this does it have any other impact in your day like like for example do you, do you find that your energy is better or does it you know does it have any kind of knock on effects well it definitely affects your mood ok like okay. Um, like if, say was it even in February. It could have been the very end of January before the 100 started and it was just, you know, really dull and dreary mm, and it was just, mm, when is winter over? Mm. When is spring coming? And I was in fierce bad form and I was like, I'm just going to go I was like that. It's my second day. I need to go for the run. I probably didn't do a very long one, but coming home then it was, it was still dr- grey and dreary and everything, but I felt better. Absolutely. Because yeah. I got out and got some fresh air and, you mm. know, moved and so we know we know we all know like when you do exercise you feel great afterwards yeah it but, but it's, really ha- it's, it's hard to actually get out and do it that's um, it and like that because I was feeling so mm-hmm. like blue and mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. it was terrible that I was like no just go and do this run no it definitely wasn't my best one doesn't matter but I got up and I and did, did it. it and when I got home then but it's even like just like even that or having the shower afterwards yes. and because it's been so cold like mm. my fingers and my face yes, and everything I'm yeah. roasting but yeah. they're still cold yeah. getting into a lovely warm shower then and it's, it's just fabulous, like, that's really it? nice yeah. and you know like uh, many many years doing events and I often find that like food tastes so much nicer <laughs> <laughs> you know? and, and you really look forward to like like you were saying on those cold days like yeah. the, the hot shower and the cup of tea it's a whole different thing yeah. like on a normal day you know would you would you have any awareness of 
the hot shower and the cup of tea but things mean you know they, they really are different yeah. once you come in from your training yeah yeah, they do. yeah. yeah. and it's like um, obviously it's a goal that I've set as part of fitness yeah. and like you know losing weight and that that I was you know there was a point where it was like I went for a big run today I can eat all these donuts and then it was like well, you're not going to see any weight loss Progress. then because mm-hmm. you're just eating the calories you ran off like but now it's like well I deserve at least one and then that <laughs> does taste better and you know instead of eating like two or whatever so I am like that's that's the, another the great balance. thing like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah like absolutely. that feeling I'm definitely losing weight from it but I'm not I haven't like uh, taken everything out. Yes, like you're not the, being severe junk. and no. res- restricted and stuff no. like that. So, so this is so that's how you get to enjoy the, the yeah. new things in your life. And if there's anyone listening here t- uh, today that um, is half thinking about taking on a challenge, it doesn't have to be a running. It could be some some type of a physical challenge. Yeah. Um, would you have any advice for them? Um, like that, if you you don't don't have it as a big massive thing that you want to do at the end or have your end goal but set smaller ones in the meantime so like that like I set the race for March but to keep myself motivated for that then I did and they've run 100 and obviously that in itself is amazing but it's keeping me so like after my race in March now Mm. I'm not going to just be like right that's done Trouble Runners in the bin I'm going to look for something else like somebody mentioned doing a half marathon and I was like come on now I'm doing 10 kilometres give me a give me a minute like but I was like well if I set myself a half marathon for like September or October yeah like I've got from 5 to 10 absolutely in 6 weeks I could get from 10 to what is it 21 or of something of course you can yes well I give myself a couple of months for that like but yeah yeah just it's a slow and steady and, yeah. and you will get there and I, I and I will be talking to you and you will be telling me <laughs> I know well that oh, you'll never guess what I did yeah. <laughs> um, so Amy if anyone wants to um, donate for, to, to your challenge for the Irish Heart Foundation how would they do that so if well, so to me, um, you can donate from on my page, my Facebook page, Amy Madden. Um, just look for me on Facebook and it'll be a link on that. You'll see it. Um, but if anyone just even Googles the Run 100, you'll find that a load of people out there doing it. Okay. That they might even be surprised they might know somebody else doing it. That if you just go on to Irish Heart Foundation on Facebook or the Run 100 in February. But if undermined, then obviously it's Amy Madden. Brilliant. Um, Amy, I want to wish you the very, very best of luck um, and I can't wait to hear how you get on. And thanks so much for coming in to join me in the studio this evening. Thank you very much. Joining me this evening is Peter Burke from The Hearing Consultancy. Peter, thanks very much for coming into the studio. You're very welcome to the show. Thank you very much indeed. And so today's topic, uh, Peter, I was just saying to you off air, um, it's lovely to have an opportunity to talk about this. So you are a hearing aid audiologist. Um, and I suppose before we go any further, will you let us know what an audiologist actually is and what you do? Um, I'm a hearing care professional um, involved in the diagnosis and management of hearing difficulties, which um, many people encounter. Sure, absolutely. And um, so why did you get into this area in the first place? It was interesting. Um, I myself have a hearing loss for many, many years, a severe one. And I also have tinnitus. Um, I would say that that probably led me towards it. I, I was interested in acquiring as much information as possible. And during the course of that um, I suppose I became perhaps sidetracked towards maybe doing something about it because I felt that there were many people out there who 
did not understand uh, people who have a hearing difficulty and really just weren't aware of, of, of all the problems that they encounter on a daily basis. I still think that that may be still the case to a degree. I, I I really agree with you and this is why it's such a pleasure to have you on the show uh, because uh, you know I suppose particularly like in my field I would work with an awful lot of people of different ages and particularly as we get older we can experience hearing loss and like from what I can see I don't I don't have hearing loss myself but from what I can see it does have a profound effect like people will start to retreat from um, group situations yes. and social activities and of course, from a mental health perspective and a, and a quality of life perspective, it has an absolutely huge impact. Yes, indeed. It, it is very isolating and also very stressful. Um, when we don't understand somebody, uh, it makes life quite difficult because really we don't wish to a- appear foolish or stupid. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. sometimes lack of understanding can in the eyes of others equate to lack of intelligence which is a pity really when you stop to think about it for for sure because I tell you, just when you're when you're talking about that actually one, my one of my first introductions to now uh, it wasn't hearing loss this this particular person I'm talking about just from birth I couldn't hear but I'll tell you I was actually doing my uh, sports science degree and there was this fabulous person who was in my degree program and I was asked to be a scribe for them so um mm. you know I was asked to basically take notes in the anatomy classes the physics physiology classes like yes. this is a different language this is not this is not easy for for people who can hear you know and you're, you're in class and you're trying to learn all of these new terms and do and, it, and it's difficult and then so then we had this this fabulous person who was trying to keep pace with everybody else and mm. you know you only realise so I'm scribing now you do not realise how much words are spoken by a lecturer in an hour until you have to physically try and write every sentence and yes. then you do that for the hour and then you do it for the seven or eight hours of lectures in that day but then you have five days a week but then you have a four year degree programme and it's a major challenge and it was it really gave me an appreciation for how difficult it is for some people and how amazing they are to stick with it and, and, and keep going and really and truly I, from how difficult I knew the degree was I just thought they were fantastic and obviously did very very well mm. but but it really it, it you don't realize how much words are spoken and how much you could miss in in that time when you can't hear yes that is true and particularly if a keyword is missed it throws the sentence out of kilter and you're not sure if a person said a or b and you spend time uh, uh, mentally scurrying around and being stressful trying to work that out and another passage has passed by and you can find yourself quite easily becoming lost in the whole scenario which is quite daunting. It, it really is and uh, you know if, if, if I'm trying to think for uh, something to, to, that we can relate to so say for example if you're in a very noisy place uh, if, you know, yes. if you don't have hearing loss and you're trying to have a conversation and you're, you're say if there was a band playing or something mm. and you're shouting at the person now this is people who don't have hearing loss yes. you, you miss half you do miss yes. half of the sentence yes. Yes. and th- that type of situation even though it, it would only be a temporary exposure will say for yes. people who don't have hearing loss 
it can be very difficult but you could from what you're saying obviously if you had that permanently it's very difficult Yes we relate to something in audiology called the signal to noise ratio that's the speech signal the spoken word as it were uh, vis-a-vis noise for somebody with normal hearing in a quiet room they can pick up practically everything um, now somebody with impaired hearing may have uh, so they could be one on one somebody with impaired hearing could be one on three or four in other mm. words they still miss out a little bit add noise into the mix which is a ma- has a masking effect and all of a sudden they are in much more trouble than a person with normal hearing who may actually be experiencing some difficulty, Mm. but not nearly as much as the hearing impaired person who who is in trouble right from the from the get go. Absolutely. And you you mentioned tinnitus. Would you mind just giving us because I actually I know a couple of people who have it. Would you mind giving us an idea of what that is? Yes, I've had tinnitus for over 30 years, um, 24 hours a day, nonstop. Um, I'm lucky in that it is in the mild to moderate bracket and I become aware of it when things get very quiet or when somebody asks me a question as you you did just now, I'm aware that it's um, humming away there. Basically, tinnitus is subjective. In other words, you hear it, but others simply don't. Um, except in very, very rare cases, which is a medical uh, problem in itself. Uh, so mostly you hear it, others don't. And uh, and there is, it, we call it idiopathic, which means there's no known source. But there are indicators as to a, f- a few different areas or regions that can lead to it. One is if the high frequencies um, in the hearing area are impaired, the, it, it throws everything out of kilter and you get this scurrying around, as it were, in simple English, mm-hmm. scurrying around in the brain, uh, trying to get things right again. And s- some of the other hair cells become excited and you hear all of this. It can manifest itself as like air from a tyre, which is what mine is, or it can be clicks or it can be um, uh, even high-pitched whistling. It varies. But there are certain factors that we know uh, exacerbated. One is stress. Mm. Now, we, we live in a very stressful world. And when we get stressed, our metabolism tends to get a little bit out of kilter. We say we're not stressed, but we are in many, many cases. We yeah. are. Yeah. So stress is one thing. And a calming influence on stress helps. The other thing um, you need to be careful about would be uh, consumption of alcohol, cigarettes and loads of caffeine. That that's interesting because in in general for health and well being and and uh, trying to recover from stress we would recommend those exact things as well. So yes. it's interesting that it has an impact on on tinnitus. Yes. But I'm just so you you have that twenty four seven. Is is that exhausting? It can be a little. It 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 manifests itself as a, a difficulty now and again in the evening time when one is tends to be a little. T- 
tired, as it were. And um, when things get quieter, mm. you become, I've known it to ratchet up into a crescendo now and again, which wow. you know, mm. and, and my head snaps back and I say, my goodness, <laughs> quieten down you. But um, I wish it weren't there, but I've learned to live with it. Now, in a, a small minority of cases where it is excruciating, excruciatingly loud, um, it can lead to quite a lot of psychological problems. But thankfully, we're talking about a minority. I have met one or two with very, very severe tinnitus and my heart bled for them, oh really. Oh, my God, that has to be awful. Yeah, they can even feel a little suicidal now and again. Yeah. Yeah, mm. that's that's awful. Yes. And is there so there obviously there's there's no there's no cure for tinnitus. Um, no, but there are. Um, you can help it. You can help mm. it. Number one, um, if you are not in the habit of taking a, a break, let's say in the day, it's no harm to go for a walk, play some nice music, not loud music, mm-hmm. because. Mm-hmm. That can cause its own problems. Soothing music and um, I suppose remove the stress. Um, People find that uh, helpful. If there is a conversation or music in the background, it tends to mask it to a degree. So all of these uh, situations are helpful Mm. and you just have to be aware of that. If it's very, very mild, you probably wouldn't need to do that. But if it's if there are times when it is um, somewhat disturbing, mm. then it's no harm to mask it with some nice music okay. or conversation or turn on the radio or listen to something because it does take your mind away from it yes. and you have the masking effect. OK, so ma- manager, there are gr- yeah, good it, management tools. Yes. yes. OK. Very simple ones that cost no money. Absolutely. And then sp- speaking of, if we go back to hearing loss, I, I can imagine, as with everything over the last um, number of years, I would imagine there are many options available to people who have hearing loss. Yes. Well, if somebody uh, if, if somebody enters my clinic with uh, perceived hearing loss, the first thing I do is check to ensure that it is not a referable situation. Referable could mean, um, let's say, uh, um, totally blocked with wax, mm. which has to be removed. And there may be no loss uh, subsequent to that, or there may, but it needs to be done. The other thing is if, if there is any, any, any infection in the ear, it must be referred to the GP. Um, and then afterwards, the hearing test will indicate whether there is a loss um, and to what extent there is one. If there isn't, off they go. It's wonderful. If there is, it, uh, a discussion ensues and it's entirely up to the person then to um, take the next step. Sure. And um, I was actually, I was speaking to a young person recently who has hearing loss okay. and there are options available to them. Yeah. But um, unfortunately, I think maybe the, for them, the stigma attached with like a hearing aid for a young person has has kind of stopped them from going, yeah. even though, of course, if if we can improve their hearing, that would improve their quality of life. So would you would you see much of that in the... Would, any, would people have a hesitation to kind of come forward and consider hearing aids? 
I find that that area has changed dramatically. When I started off first many, many years ago, stigma was a huge mm. aspect of the of the whole matter. And but what was available really at the time was rather cumbersome looking. Now we have appropriate um, instrumentation that, um, you know, are, are uh, let's say, kind to the eye. Yes. Yeah. So there are very few now who have a loss, a uh, proven loss, who would um, err on the side of stigma and say, oh, no, I can't do that. OK, good. Much less. Great. Yeah. It does occur, but not. Not nearly as much as before. Yeah, because like the hearing aids now are are, are very small. They're small. Yeah. They're discreet, and they're and they are very sophisticated computers. Years ago, it was analog, which was a very basic instrument, which was not nearly as effective. And uh, there were many people who were not suited to analog hearing aids. Now, very few people. Um, cannot be helped. Okay, okay, which is which is great. Mm. Um, and then just uh, lastly, Peter, for if there are p- listeners at home tonight and they're thinking, you know what, I think my hearing has changed, and maybe I need to get this investigated. What mm. is the next step for them? Just make an appointment, and they will get a free hearing check. And if if everything is okay, uh, how happy they will be. If not, um, well, they'll find out exactly what the story is. They'll find out how much they actually hear and they'll find out how much they miss and in what areas they miss parts of conversation. Fantastic. Um, Peter, I want to thank you sincerely for your time. Um, I, 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 And I really encourage if you're at home listening to this today and you think that you need to get your hearing checked, please do. There's fabulous people and fabulous services and fabulous solutions for you. Um, so Peter Bark from The Hearing Consultancy, thanks so much for joining me this evening. Thank you indeed. It was a pleasure. Joining me in studio today is Moez Toomey. Now, Moez is a personal trainer and a fitness instructor and you might know of him or recognise him from the ad break challenges with Carl Henry on Operation Transformation. Uh, Moez, you're very welcome to the studio. Thanks a million for coming in. Thank you for having me. Uh, so Operation Transformation, uh, it's, so as we know, it's unleashed this year, which is, which is great. Yes. Um, how are you finding those ad break challenges? It was very good experience for me personally and then as well good idea. So we are lacking County Leash to have the Operation Transformation filming their season. So this year in Stradbelli, the Malt House. And then the outbreak challenge, they are every Friday. So we are going to different towns and villages around the County Leash. And then uh, this particular Friday, the coming Friday, it will be recorded in Port Tarantin. So, um, is it your job? So, there, there is obviously a crowd there. We can see that. Yes. Um, so, is it your job to motivate uh, and uh, the crowd and get them get them all geared up for that? Yes, yeah. My my job will be a DJ and uh, motivating and energizing the people and the crowd basically there. So, I'll set up the sound uh, system, the speaker. I test the mics. So. so once Carl is there and his team, so they find everything is set up, the stage, and make sure everything is safe in hand. The lights are on, show time, and then that's <laughs> it. Once the crowd are coming up, I try to energize the crowd, warm them up. So, And as you know, it is outdoor exercise, so people usually are anxious and afraid, and they, sometimes they feel cold. So my job is to make them 
ready. Ready and happy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, very good, very good. There's a lot that goes into the few seconds that you see on, on TV, of course. It, it's it's a lot longer than that in reality, getting everything set up. Yes. Um, but it's absolutely brilliant. So well done. Um, and I heard you speak before, Moez, about something really interesting. So um, the Active Parks programmes. Um, so can you tell us a little bit more about those? Yes, uh, to be honest, uh, the Active Park program, so it was a very good idea between shared uh, from the uh, Leash County Council, the sports and uh, leisure section, and then uh, with myself. And then uh, so we are thinking how to make use of the parks and especially the, uh, the gym equipments that they've been there and sometimes you see them unused or so. We started to encourage people, especially, you know, with the COVID and after the COVID session to get more exercise and then use the facilities. Because as you see, so there are plenty of parks. Uh, there's a lot of investment in it. But unfortunately, so not many people are using them. So the idea started is to encourage doing different activities. And then so we have to be creative and then see what we can use, you know, with the minimal of equipments and mm-hmm. then we have sometimes just body weight uh, exercise. So, yeah, I start mixing up different activities and then to... Uh, test the market and see how people, you know, get the response to that. So we started doing uh, Tai Chi and yoga. So I was using my Tai Chi skills and then I uh, used the breathing techniques from Qigong and etc. yoga stretches and then anything that people can do. And it is open for everybody, actually. So it's not uh, uh, limited to any abilities. So all are welcome as long as they come. And then they are free. So they are funded by the county council. That's excellent. So you've been doing this for a number of years now. And yeah. is it like across different locations in Leash? Yes, yes. So we uh, we target actually the towns that we know that uh, we have going to have more response. And then uh, so uh, I can name just a few of the towns. So we're starting from Port Leash and then goes to Stradbelly. And then we have Port Allenton, uh, Castletown, Abilix. Um, and we are looking still for other, you know, towns and countries. So sometimes as well, I encourage the active uh, retirement groups, all the uh, special groups around the counties, you know, to share their, uh, maybe their voice and then say, hi, guys, we need some activities here. We need there. So at least I'll be able maybe to put that request uh, into the hands of the county council. And then we see, listen, guys, we can do something in different towns as well. So it Very is good. open for everyone, actually. So And um, just, I suppose, in relation to, to Tai Chi, it's, it's one discipline that we haven't actually talked about before on the Health and Fitness Show. Um, so will you just give us an idea of, of what it is or what it involves and maybe how people find it when they've never done it before? Yes, of course, it's... Uh, if we go back to the history, so Tai Chi is, is uh, an old martial art, so back thousands of years ago. And then the full name Tai Chi Chuan, which means the ultimate supreme fist, because in the end it is the Chuan is a fist or boxing, it is martial arts. And then back to the 60s, so the uh, Minister of Sports and Education in China, so they want to, you know, sort of like compete with yoga or so they decided to create discipline. So they said, we have the background, we have everything. Why not create simplified moves that everybody can try to follow? And then that's the idea started back in the 60s. They call it like Tai Chi or Beijing Tai Chi or Beijing style. So there are different, uh, let's say, we can say uh, families or different styles from the Tai Chi. And then the easiest one that we teach it is the young style. So it is the slow movement. So we have different okay. ones. And mm-hmm. then uh, the Tai Chi is very important. It is slow movement. And then as well, it won't require a lot of effort. But as long as it is, you know, just continuous movement like water. So think about like water penetrate everywhere. So the movement of the Tai Chi is very slow, but 
controlled. Mm-hmm. So it's not like yoga, you finish with the pose, so the Tai Chi is continuous movement. Okay. So it's the water to regenerate the energy. Mm-hmm. And then with that, we combine with the Qigong. It's a breathing exercise. So, and then we, me personally, so I like to use the Bad One Jin, which is the eight brocades. There are only eight breathing exercises. If you do them daily, you will see the benefits within, let's say, month or two. So I was just about to say, yeah, so for something like that type of exercise and especially incorporating breathing, I would imagine by the time the class is over, um, it would be very, very, if, if you had started anyway stressed, by the time the class is over, I'd imagine it would be very, very good to, to help you relax and be calm and um, harmony. And you know, even yeah. personally, so with personal practice, because I start because of the beginning, like curious and how... And then especially with the COVID, with the breathing exercise, it was very helpful. And then I was like very pleased when I see many participants, they come and think of me, especially after their COVID. Uh, and then they have breathing problems. And, th- and after practicing few breathing exercises and then Tai Chi helped them a lot, you know, to strengthen the lungs and to strengthen their respiratory system. And then even I use still on daily basis the Tai Chi practice and breathing exercise. After, let's say, a workout, you know, you can do just two, three minutes in the morning, this is what I practice. So I, I just wake up in the morning and then to energize because it's very good to energize the body. Yes, so, and yeah, then get fresh course. air. Mm. And then you can practice it at, anywhere, basically. So we don't, you know, uh, uh, you can go in your garden and then just follow. Fabulous. Really, yes. really fabulous. Um, and I have seen, I've, I've seen as well on social media that you're involved, you're, you're everywhere <laughs> these days. You're involved in running as well. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, master of all trades, as they said. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so to be honest, uh, uh, I've been in the fitness industry for many years now. And then always you have to look for something in you or yes. how you mm-hmm. can put yourself to the market there, mm-hmm, how you mm-hmm. can put, you know, I work very closely with the local communities and especially with the Leaf Sports Partnership, the County Council, the active par- the active retirement groups, uh, the special needs groups. So always I put myself there. I show what I have. So and then step by step. So we try to create uh, different activities. You know, my aim is to get everybody active and yeah, in sure. a fun yeah. way. So yeah. at least, uh, there's no pressure. So just always I'm helpful with the uh, the participants if they need any advance. So if I'm able to do it, so otherwise I will refer the other instructor. So we try to work as a community and then hopefully we build up Healthy Ireland. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> we're well running. Yeah, just you were asking me. So uh, at the moment, if I can mention, so we have um, the Couch to 5K mm-hmm. program. So uh, with the SVT, the Stradbelli, Vickerstown and uh, Timahoe. Uh, so uh, I'm very thankful for them to invite me and then uh, to coach the participants. Uh, I'll be able to share some social media videos as well there. So every Tuesdays and uh, Thursdays, 7.30 in the uh, Stradbelli GA. Brilliant. And there, so those programmes, just for our listeners who, do, who have never heard of them, the Couch for, to 5Ks yes. originally came to help people who never jogged or ran yeah. to get from, from basically zero to 5K yes. over whatever period of time it takes you to do that. Yes. Um, but they're generally very in- inclusive. They are very inclusive very of all inclusive, fitness levels and free. ages. They're all welcome. Yeah, and free, which is great, yes. which is so fantastic. So they can just show up there at any time. That's how we get their registration number. So I have a WhatsApp group to always, I'm sharing a few tips. 
and even from the participants. So everybody sharing, let's say, what they eat before a 5K or after, how they are felt, do they have lack of sleep or not? So it's very important like to have like sense of community. community so they won't yeah. feel alone, you mm. know, just to mm. come up. Um, Moez, it's been a real uh, pleasure to having a chat with you uh, this evening. Can For any of our followers, or, uh, sorry, listeners, who are wanting to get in contact with, with you, how would they do that? The best way to contact me via my mobile number 083-053-8601 or just to find me on Facebook, Moez Tumi. So M-O-E-Z. T-O-U-M-I. Perfect. Moez, thanks very much for coming in to join me in studio this evening. Thank you so much for having me. Have a good day. Thanks very much for joining me on the Health and Fitness Show this evening. A huge thanks to all of my guests who joined me in studio. If you missed any of the show, you can listen back on midlands103.com or you can find the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Of course, as always, I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to contact me, you can do so on healthandfitness at midlands103.com. Have a lovely weekend, everybody, and I'll chat to you next week. The Health and Fitness Show with Dr. Diane Cooper in association with The Hearing Consultancy. Experiencing hearing difficulties? Book your free hearing test at one of our clinics in Kinnegad, Mullingar or Tullamore and get impartial advice on hearing aids, ear protection, tinnitus health and more. TheHearingConsultancy.ie Midlands 103